Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm going to be your host. And today, we're going to talk all about fat. That's right, body fat. Body fat percentage, how much is too much, how much is too little, or how little is too little. Uh, What does it really mean? What is body fat? What does it do for you? What are the pros? What are the cons? Uh, Some of it might be stuff that you're familiar with, and some of it is very likely something you've either never thought of unless you've researched it yourself, or you are just maybe not educated on it because you, again, haven't researched it or haven't really got to that level uh, of of looking into it and talking to other people about really what body fat is. Uh, So anyway, before I get into that, um, if you are new to the podcast, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, welcome I appreciate it. Um, If you stick around and listen to this, I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it. And also, just a little background, uh, the Strength of Body and Mind podcast and the Strength of Body and Mind and Sobam brands that I'm building are based around one major core piece, and that is that the body and the mind are vastly misunderstood and widely misunderstudied. Okay, these are something, that's something that I truly believe. And why is that important? Well, I, through, geez, what are we on, 10, 11 years now, um, through 10, 11 years of experience, I have developed this sort of perspective on how mindset and fitness play together. And I mean, that in itself is something that a lot of people talk about, but it's it's not quite understood enough. And there's a confidence and a self-belief and a self-encouragement component to all of this that I just don't think enough people put enough emphasis on. Okay, so this whole brand was built to raise awareness, basically, for that, to educate people, to spread the word and spread the at least the thought uh, process or the attempt of having a thought process around the body and mind connection and just how important that is. So for fitness, for health, for strength, and for vitality in life. Okay. Um, truly believe that it is 100% the backbone of this entire operation. Okay. So, uh, with that being said, moving on, what is body fat, right? Most people, again, I mentioned this earlier, but most people don't understand really what fat is and, uh, you know, why we have it and what it does for you and all that. Um, so just in a little background, you know, body fat, okay, it is just by, if you think of the, the term body fat or body fat percentage, you know, the way we talk about it, it is what it sounds like at a high level, meaning 
it is a percentage of your body that is fat. Okay, so if you have a body fat percent readout, like if you get a test done, uh, like a water displacement test or something, to have your body fat percent measured accurately or as accurately as possible, that is the percentage of your body that is fat. So if you have a body fat percent of 20, right, and you have a, so you're, you're 20% body fat, that means that one fifth of your entire body is fat. Okay, and the rest, the other 80% is going to be made up of bone and muscle mass and everything else, your organs, right? And we're going to talk about later on in the podcast what a healthy or perceived healthy body fat percent is and what the general population accepts as you know, good, bad, um, depending on your age, weight, whatever. So we're going to talk about all that. But before we do, we have, we have other, some other things to get into. So I want to talk about the pros of fat, okay? The things that the fats do in our body and the reason it's a, a good idea to have some fat. Again, we're going to talk about how much is good, but the reason that you shouldn't be scared of fat and the reason that you should, um, I guess, expect to have a lot of things operating much better with fat content being in your body and not being super duper shredded and lean. Um, and, and it's this, right? So fat provides a shock absorption, right? This is a major part of it. Uh, fat provides a shock absorption to pretty much everything in your body, okay? Because it has some elasticity in it and it has some shock absorption properties, you know, because it's made up of all those lipids, uh, it protects in a lot of ways, your organs, even your muscles a little bit, ligaments, jo- your joints, so your bones, it it's basically like this um, <laughs> this this shock layer that's just kind of filtered through your body, like woven in between everything. And if you didn't have any fat there, there wouldn't be anything to to kind of accept and uh, absorb impacts. And when things moving around, every time you take a step, think about this: every time you take a step when you're walking around, let alone running, uh, everything in your body is, it's experiencing that force. Okay. It's experienced that it's kind of, in a way it's, it's like G forces, right? Now they're very low, uh, because you know, you're, you're not moving that fast and the force between your foot and the ground isn't that great, but you are imparting a force on everything in your body. Uh, so when you take a step, um, every organ is feeling that and there's inertia and it's generated. And if you didn't have fat there to kind of hold everything together, um, you know, your, your, uh, your withstanding of that force over time would not be as great. Meaning you'd probably break down a lot faster. We, as people, as humans, our bodies would break down a lot faster if we didn't have fat there to absorb everything. Okay. Um, obviously it doesn't absorb everything, but it is a shock absorber. Okay. The other thing it does, which is hugely important is insulation. Okay. This is not a joke, right? A lot of people, a lot of like, you know, bigger dudes, fat guys, they always talk about how, uh, in the winter, you know, they joke, or at least, you know, a lot of people I know they joke about being, um, not having to wear as many layers in the winter because they got all this insulation. And honestly, it's the truth. Um, you know, one of fat's major roles in the human body is insulation. So both warmth and, um, you know, keeping warmth in and out. So it protects us thermally and, uh, you know, we have to be approximately 98.6 degrees, right? Well, the, the, the fat subcutaneous fat and the inner fat, they, they all play together. Uh, they do a really good job of making sure that that 
is the case. So, you know, blood runs through your body and it actually carries heat through your body. And the, the act of blood being pumped out of your heart and through your arteries and then back through your veins, that does a lot of thermal cycling through your body. But the fat in your body, okay, that actually keeps all that thermal cycling focused and centered um, around the arteries and around the bloodstream. So around the veins. And by doing that, it allows your blood to continue to cycle that heat through your body. So, you know, they work together really well. But without that fat, what would happen is your blood would pump out of your heart through your arteries out to your extremities, like all the way down to your feet. And then it would just be lost instantly through, say, the uh, contact from your foot to whatever you're stepping on, you know, through your foot, through your shoe, into whatever. Like, or it would just be lost um, much, much faster just just through your, your skin. Okay. You know, just out into the ambient environment around you. Uh, so it's really, really important. Fat is a thermal insulator and it does a very, very good job of that. Um, okay. So it's also similar to shock absorption. It's also kind of like a, you can think of it as like a protection kind of like armor layer that we have in our body. So everyday bumps and bruises, uh, every time you do something, you, you know, you drop something on yourself or you stub your, you know, your leg or whatever. Um, you know, your fat, it kind of has a way of of absorbing some of that on the outside. So again, you know, this is a lot like the shock absorption internal to your body, uh, but it, it it also provides that shock and that uh, or that shock absorption and that protection and that armor like um, I'm using quotes here that armor like type of function from external influences. Okay, um, another big one vitamin transportation. So a lot of people don't know this. I didn't know this until really not that long ago. Um, you know, maybe a couple of years, but fat soluble vitamins in the body, A, D, E, K. Uh, I think there's some other ones as well. They are transported through the body with the help of body fat. Okay. You need body fat in order to transport those. And so what happens is if you get too lean, right, hypothetically, you get down to like, I'm just going to throw numbers out there, like single digit percents. Okay. Three, four, five, 6%. And you stay there for an extended period of time, like a really, really long time. Uh, what happens is you run a extremely high risk of being vitamin deficient. In fact, it's pretty much guaranteed. And um, you know, when you become deficient on those vitamins, A, D, E, K, and some other fat soluble vitamins, that starts to affect your hair growth, uh, your hair health, your nail health, your nail growth, uh, bone density, um, and, you know, a lot of other parts of the body require those vitamins in order for themselves to benefit from the other vitamins that aren't fat soluble. So I guess the the point here is that there's a direct and an indirect um, result, a negative result um, in your body by not having enough fat to be able to transport your fat soluble vitamins. Okay. And uh, another point, and this is probably gonna be the last one is, is energy. Okay. Uh, if you believe it or not, your body actually performs better if there's some body fat percent there, okay? Fat is a contributor to having energy. And this is, it's mainly a byproduct of everything above. It's not that fat itself is going to give you energy, uh, but when everything else is operating in harmony because you have enough body fat percent to make that happen, your body will become more energetic. You will have more energy. And 
it's really because your system is, is like I said, working in harmony. It's not having to compensate for a, a decrease in something or a deficiency in something or a lack of efficiency, you know, in um, certain parts of your body or certain functions within your body. And because of all that, it's, uh, it, it, it's able to operate at higher energy and you feel like your body's not as strained and stressed trying to keep up. Okay. Um, so, you know, those are some benefits of having body fats and I want to, to kind of transition here and talk more about like the fitness aspect of this. Uh, you know, this is a fitness podcast and I want to kind of steer a little bit more away from the biological scientific part of it. Um, you know, cause I, I don't honestly don't think people are as interested in that. This is a fitness podcast and I want to keep the focus on the fitness components, like the fitness centric uh, point of view. So, um, you know, and, and the other thing <laughs> is that I don't want people to hear what I said above about body fat being a good thing and then misinterpreting that or misunderstanding that and creating this thought in their head or this perspective or this belief in their head that they can automatically like turn that into, okay, so if body fat percent is a good thing. If, if having a, you know, having body fat is great, uh, I'm going to go pound a bunch of pizzas and ice cream because, you know, having fat is good and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to stay extra, uh, vitamin, uh, efficient, you know, because I'm going to have tons of body fat to, to, to transport all those fat soluble vitamins. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. And I don't want people to misinterpret what I'm saying. So, um, I'm going to focus more on the the fitness part of this. Okay. So, uh, if you're a fitness person and you're trying to lose weight or you're interested in being cut and you're interested in being toned or you're interested in being vascular or whatever, uh, all of the stuff, all of the fat that we are going to be mostly concerned about here. Okay. Health aside a little bit here, we're talking specifically like the fitness part of it. Right. And, uh, a lot of, along with that is the aesthetics part of it we're going to be worried mostly about the subcutaneous fat. Okay. It's called subcutaneous fat. And, uh, that's the fat that you see. That is the fat that is directly underneath the skin. Okay. That's the fat that if you are able to basically burn it down, you're going to be able to see muscle definition, muscle separation, striations, vascularity, stuff like that. Okay. And, um, you know, this is what we want to burn. Okay. This is what makes fat people look fat. This is what makes uh, the lack of this is what makes shredded people or cut people or, you know, fit people look all those things. Okay. Now burning this off and reducing this amount, reducing this percentage is going to be 100% critical if you want to achieve something like a beach body type of look, right? Or a fitness look or an athletic look or a bodybuilder look or something that's really cut and toned and defined, uh, whether it's ridiculously cut and toned and shredded or just a little bit, you know, it doesn't matter. If you want any of that stuff to show, you have to reduce your body fat percent. Okay. Um, so if you've ever heard terms like abs aren't, you know, abs are made in the kitchen or, um, what's another one? Um, you can't out train a bad diet, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's all true. Okay. And what it comes down to is none of your muscles are going to show until you reduce that subcutaneous fat, okay, that body fat percentage. It doesn't matter how big your muscles are, how strong you are, how long you've been lifting, um, you've been going through progressive overload like crazy, you've got huge muscles, and, uh, you know, you've got like 
like really, really strong core muscles, everything. If you got you got the whole nine yards, right? But if your body fat percent is too high, if your body fat percent is like 25, 6, 7, 8%, 30%, you know, chances are you're not going to see any of that stuff, right? You'll see the mass. Of course, you'll see the mass, but you're not going to see any sort of definition, okay? And that's something that not enough people understand, Okay, that's why the diet is so important. That's why you can't out-train a bad diet. And that's why abs are made in the kitchen. And all those phrases, there's truth to them because they're true. And it all comes down to body fat percentage, okay? Body fat percentage. Uh, lean body mass is great. You know, muscle size is great. Muscle density is great. Strength is great. But body fat percentage is the thing that is going to get you to whatever that aesthetic look is that you're probably trying to get, you know, put Possibly, I'll say possibly. You're possibly trying to get. Um, so, you know, what is a good body fat percentage? All right, there's so much controversy on this. It's insane. I have done a lot of research on this, and I am uh, NASM educated, okay, NASM educated, and so I know what they know. And I went and I looked at what a lot of other personal trainer health. Uh, professional certifications require and what they teach and what they educate people on. And I went and I did some other uh, research through universities and other stuff, um, just white papers and whatnot, trying to understand just in general what is widely accepted. And again, there's so much controversy on this. And I have my thoughts. My thoughts are based on experience of myself and with people that I've helped out, people I've trained. And uh, I'll just I'll read you off what I what I've basically averaged out as the most widely accepted numbers, okay? And so for an adult woman, a a normal average adult woman, the acceptable range for body fat percentage uh, is twenty five to thirty one percent, okay? Twenty five to thirty one percent body fat for a woman. That's between a quarter and almost a third of a woman's body being completely made up of body fat. Now, we, we know that women have to carry more body fat than men, um, mainly because they're a vessel for giving birth. And because of that, and the increased estrogen levels in women, they're always going to carry more body fat. Okay, They carry it in different places in their body as well. Uh, so that's just always going to be the case. So 25 to 31% for a woman is average. Okay, For men, an average adult man... 18 to 24% is the acceptable, the, the quote unquote acceptable body fat percentage that is widely accepted. Um, that means that between you know 18 all the way up to almost a quarter of a man's body can be made up entirely of body fat percent, uh, a body fat and still be considered average. Okay. Um, at 32, I'm going back to women here. At, as soon as you tick over from 31 to 32% body fat for a woman, or if you tick over from 24 to 25% body fat for a man, you fall in the category of obese. Okay. This is widely accepted. This is, uh, now there's a bunch of stuff that's says that that's not right and it should be higher, should be lower, but do your own research. But this is, this is what's widely accepted. This is what trainers are educated on. This is what fitness professionals are educated on. This is what biologists and um, anatomy experts kind of put out there as widely accepted. So uh, just keep that in mind, all right? And I actually think that all of those numbers, personally, I think they're a little high. 
So, um, you know, I just at so 25 to 31% for a woman and 18 to 24% for a man is considered, um, that's considered normal, right? Honestly, I would knock this down by one or 2%. Okay. Uh, and I would treat that as the absolute upper end purely for, I guess, a drive or goal standpoint. Okay. It's, it's sort of like putting like a buffer in place. So I would take 25 to 31% and I would, you know, if I was a woman or if I was training a woman and I would say, you know what, instead of aiming for this 25 to 31% range to be quote unquote average normal, um, you know, let's make our new normal 23 to 29%. Okay. Somewhere in there. All right. There's a lot of crossover, but that would be my new normal. That way, if if this if this woman that I was training, okay, or helping out, or advising, if she got to to twenty nine percent, you know, that's our upper limit. Now she's technically still not to where the widely accepted limit is, uh, but she's at our upper limit. So that would be like red flag, you know, DefCon five alarms are going off. Let's dial it in and let's get that number back down, okay? And uh, so it's like a buffer, right? A derating factor, if you will. And on for men, I would do the same thing. If I was training a man, an adult man, I would I would make that range sixteen to like twenty two percent. That way, you know, at sixteen, they're going to look pretty lean. They're going to look pretty toned, pretty defined. Um, and at twenty two percent, you know, they're going to start to lose a good amount of that, and uh, they're going to be covered with. Uh, per, you know, pretty much end to end, a uh, thicker layer of subcutaneous fat, and they're not going to, you know, see certain muscles anymore. And, and honestly, that's like the gateway point to kind of like going off the rails. So I would knock those numbers down. That way, they never really got that high. And I think that that's like a safe approach. So I like putting in that that safety buffer. I like doing it for me. It makes me feel better. It makes me uh, not. It kind of reduces my ability to to like to go off the rails or to to completely let go on accident, you know, even if it is an accident, and uh, and make a lot of mistakes and a lot of things that I would regret. And um, so, uh, again, I'm just going to repeat this one more time: the widely accepted numbers for women, an adult woman, is 25 to 31 percent body fat, and for men, 18 to 24 percent body fat. Anything higher than those, you are considered obese. And honestly, again, if I was training you, I would make those numbers one to 2% lower on both the lower end and the upper end. Okay. That would be a strategy that I would use if I was training you. Uh, Not all trainers are going to do that. That's what I would do. So if you want to look lean, again, toned, uh, shredded, et cetera, right? Um, You're going to need to be much lower than those numbers. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people don't know what exactly, what body fat am I going to need to be if I want to have like a six pack, okay? If I want to see a serious definition between, so men, right? I know this because I, you know, I deal with a lot of men. I am a man. A lot of men want a six pack. A lot of men also want um, toned separation, defined separation between their shoulders their biceps, their triceps, basically toned arms, right? And, uh, you know, I did too. And so, you know, I studied that and I wanted to understand it. And for most guys, for most guys, and uh, it's going to take being somewhere between like 
10 to 14% body fat uh, before that really starts to happen. Okay. Both of those things, six pack and muscular separation. Um, and then if once you get to somewhere between eight and 10%, then everything really, really starts to pop. Um, but for most guys, 10 to 14% somewhere in that range is when you start to see a good amount of separation. Um, now women is a little bit different. Okay. And, and honestly, there's exceptions to everything. Cause I know some men that have pretty good separation, visible separation all the way up to 19, 20, 21%. And that's pretty rare. It takes some superior genetics, honestly, uh, which I, I do not have, uh, but I do know people that do. So, uh, again, back to women, um, 25 to 31% is the average, right? So you can kind of follow the same kind of perspective that I did for men. And, um, you know, if you knock that down by once you get into like the 16, 17% for women is when you uh, start to see a lot of good separation, which, you know, I I find that most women that I deal with, uh, they're not as interested in being, um, like really, really shredded (laughs) like men are. Um, that seems to be a more of a masculine objective, masculine goal. Uh, women like to have this, uh, subtle kind of definition in their abs and uh, a little bit in their back. Uh, and again, it doesn't go for everybody, but that seems to be common for a lot of women that I talk to, a lot of women that I deal with. Anyway, um, 17 to 18%, somewhere around there, 16. Uh, you'll start to see a lot of separation. As you get closer to like 14, 15, you know, 13, 14, 15, you see a lot more. Um, but what happens as you get lower and lower and lower, you start to really encounter some some weird health risks. So I would I would advise women not to go too low uh, on body fat. But you know I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about that. Uh, I would just say that you know women are designed, if you will, <laughs> to carry around more body fat than men, um, and you'll encounter a lot more health issues for sure if you if you take that number and just like really crank it down. So for men, like I said, when you get in that seven, eight, 9% body fat range, you get ultra shredded. Well, the same thing happens to women, but your, your health is going to suffer as a result. Um, you'll be a lot less energetic, like substantially less energetic. And, um, you know, your vitamin transportation goes way down and is way more noticeable than in men. Uh, but anyway, you know, we're talking about muscular definition here, right? So, um, again, 16, 17% for women. And, you know, there's ways to do this. Uh, it it all goes back to what I've been saying over and over and over and over again. Um, if you are trying to get down by one, two, three, 5% body fat from where you're at now in order to try and achieve some definition or, or some kind of strength or fitness or muscle muscle goal, uh, it's, it really comes down to four things, guys. And I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Okay. Uh, one is setting up macro boundaries. Okay. Macro boundaries. That doesn't mean you have to track every calorie, every carb, every protein, every fat gram. But, but what it does mean is to have a boundary, have an understanding that way you have a good amount of insight as to what's coming in and what's going out your net, net income, right? Income and output every single day. Um, and by following that at a slight deficit, you will see organic slow loss in, in both weight and body fat percentage, which is going to get you there. Okay. That's incredibly important. Uh, two, don't drink your calories. I, um, 
I can't stress that enough. People go off the rails inadvertently all the time by drinking their calories. And I think it's so avoidable and I don't think it's necessary. So that's always going to be something that let's just pretend you were a client of mine. I would always tell you not to drink your calories. Do not drink, (laughs) honestly, put as much energy as you can into not drinking calories. Okay. uh, Number three is uh, the consumption of sugar. If you can reduce or eliminate your intake of sugar, um, really hard to eliminate it, but you could probably do a pretty damn good job at reducing it almost to zero. Uh, if you can do that, you will see a massive difference. And that will absolutely contribute to number one, which is your macro boundaries. That will eliminate your carb count or or reduce your carb count um, as a uh, contributor from sugar. It'll also reduce your total calorie count as a result. And uh, it's just such a major source of of carbs that turn into fat that will blow away your body fat percent goals in ways that are just like remarkably hard to keep up with any other way other than not eating them. Uh, Speaking of carbs, I'm going to get into that in a minute. I want to talk about carbs. But before I do, the fourth one, fourth and final item here is to drink more water, okay? Uh, Chances are you aren't drinking enough water. Okay. There's days when I don't drink enough water and I'm obsessed with this stuff and I talk about it, deal with it and work in this space every single day. Okay. Everybody could benefit from drinking more water. It's the, it's the truth. And when it comes to body fat percentage, your body operates much, 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 much better when it is hydrated. Okay. I cannot stress that enough. It's a hard thing to measure. It's a difficult thing to try and explain other than your body needs it. Our bodies are so much uh, so made up so much of water and everything operates in harmony way, way better when it is hydrated. Okay. Uh, so again, drink more water. Now I just mentioned that I want to talk about carbs. Okay. Uh, um, I could probably do an entire episode on carbs or macros, like at a really, really deep level, like what a carb does in your body and what types of carbs are good and what types of carbs are bad and really get specific with it. Uh, But the reason I want to talk about this is because it contributes to that third item I talked about, which is uh, don't consume sugar. Um, Now, it's it's related and it's just something that I think everybody needs to hear. So... Uh, you've heard the terms, hopefully, or maybe, man, I don't know, maybe you haven't, but slow digesting carbs versus fast digesting carbs, okay? Or probably you've, you've heard complex carbs versus simple carbs. Um, so fast digesting carbs is something that I want to talk about first, all right? If you have never done any research and the only information that you have is just from like maybe a friend or some random dude at the gym or something... Fast digesting carbs may sound like a good idea, okay? It may sound like the best option because you take these carbs, you eat them, whatever it is, and your body will digest them quickly, right? It'll digest them fast. And then to most people, that means, oh, I've digested it, which means it has already processed. It's in my intestines. It's ready to go out. You know, no problem. I'm good. Um, Doesn't really work like that, okay? Fast digesting carbs. In fact, all carbs, when they get broken down, well, let me me back up. When you ingest a fast digesting carb, okay, what happens in your body without getting too scientific here, what happens in your body is your insulin flies through the roof. So when you eat like a, like a, some Skittles, 
All right. You take a couple handfuls of Skittles and you, uh, you eat those, right? That's got a ton of sugar, right? And, uh, all those are fast digesting carbs. So your, your insulin is going to fly through the roof. And when that happens, it has to break those down extremely quickly. Okay. It's going to digest it quickly. It's a fast digesting carb, um, which is great. But the problem is when it gets broken down that fast, they get stored as fat. Okay. All of those fast digesting carbs get stored as fat. Uh, the only exception to this is if your body is in a, uh, like an anabolic state where it's repairing. Okay. It's maybe it just came off of a, a huge workout. So if you went and you just did like a two hour workout and you're just dying and your body is trying to put itself back together internally, if you ingest some, um, slow digest or some fast digesting carbs, right? Like some candy or some white bread or something, your body's going to break that down really, really quickly. Uh, it's going to process that and it's going to use it to, uh, repair itself. Okay. But if you're not doing that, if you're just sitting around and you haven't worked out recently and you take down some, uh, fast digesting carbs, that's going to get broken down really quickly. It's going to be processed and stored as fat. Okay. The alternative to that is a slow digesting carb. Okay. And, uh, a slow digesting carb is the opposite. So you eat it, you don't digest it quickly. And as a result, your insulin doesn't need to spike in order to break these down. So you consume the slow digesting carb, your insulin levels stay basically the same. And that pro that food gets uh, broken down and processed slowly. And it doesn't need to take all of it and store it as fat right away. So your body can basically, to a degree, use it as you break it down, because it takes so much longer to break it down. So if you're, you know, just just living, just doing stuff, living a normal active lifestyle, those slow digesting carbs are going to be processed by your body better and not be stored as fat as quickly as a fast digesting carb. Okay, so I wanted to take uh, a minute to talk about that because I think it's something that a lot of people are curious about and they think they know something about. And, you know, you might know something about it, but you know, this might be either a refresher or this might be something you've heard uh, for the first time that might change your perspective and hopefully educates you a little bit. So uh, fast digesting versus slow digesting carbs. Um, keep in mind, you know, what you're taking in and when you're taking it in and how it could be helping or hurting you. So, um, again, I probably could and probably will do an entire episode on that. In fact, I want to do an episode on nutrition around workouts, meaning, you know, what to eat and, and what are, what are some good options and bad options for food to eat leading up to a workout and during, if you want to get into that and then, uh, post-workout stuff and, and why. So uh, that'll be a later episode. But anyway, uh, with that, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, you know, if you're still confused about body fat percents, go back and listen to this again. It's, um, it's, it's an interesting topic. And again, it's a little controversial. A lot of people have opinions and perspectives. Like me, for example, I have my opinions, but I wanted to give you guys the most widely accepted numbers that are out there. And I... I think that uh, it's they're good numbers. I think the numbers that that are widely accepted, the ones that are in general train uh, used as training numbers for people and and advice and whatnot uh, from the professionals. I think they're good numbers. I just like to add a safety factor 
kind of like a buffer zone or whatever, a buffer factor in, inside of that. That way people don't get uh, too carried away. And, um, you know, that's all. So anyway, um, with that, guys, again, thank you so much. If you got any value out of this whatsoever, if I've educated you uh, or brought you some value when it comes to understanding body fat percent, please leave me a review and subscribe if you haven't already and share this with a like-minded friend. I would really appreciate it. And feel free to hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Those are usually where I hang out. So again, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much, and I will see you in the next episode. See you.